Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is another brand spanking new edition of the Sunday Card here with you. Dan Zampano in the flesh, playing a little hurt today, coming off the old laryngitis. Had a great weekend in Virginia Beach. Sun and the fun and the beach and the sand and the weather. And it was so much fun, but I went so hard that I left my voice there. So now I've been slowly getting it mailed back piece by piece from the beach and I feel much better about myself than I did two days ago. But you know what makes me feel even better is getting to share the microphone with a man that gets to do a divisional breakdown this week where his favorite team is involved. We go from AFC South, which is like South, literally living up to its name as the worst team, worst division in football. And we get to go to the AFC West with our good friend, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth. Matty, as the great new quarterback of the Denver Broncos says, and Russell Wilson, let's ride. Oh, God. His his videos are so cringy. I still can't get over it that he's my quarterback now, and I have to tolerate him and like him. But uh, I do want to say, again, just shout out to Dan for being here, fighting through, as he always does, which is why we love him over here. But we do get to talk about the – best division in the AFC this week after we got to talk about the bottom of the division obviously super competitive last year uh with two you know three teams at the top making the playoffs uh and now the Denver quarter Denver Broncos add a quarterback into the mix and uh are looking to compete themselves so loaded loaded division top to bottom this one uh anybody put in fourth place in any of these positional bouts is uh probably first place in some of the divisions Every those three teams you talk about all had their seasons end in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, losing in overtime in the AFC Championship game on their home field. The Las Vegas Raiders losing in the wild card round um, to the Cincinnati Bengals, also um, in the Bengals' like first playoff home victory in like 30 years, which was amazing on the last play of the game. And then, of course, the wackiness that was the Chargers Raiders game the final game of the year ties could have got people in and Al Michaels famously said Raiders in chargers out Steelers in to get into the playoffs. It was a magical year for the AFC West, except for those Broncos and, but they've addressed it. So we're going to get plenty to it. But before we do um, NBA draft tonight, NBA finals over Lewis, our esteemed producer is watching with bated breath. Every time the Knicks haven't picked yet, but how about let's give a little shout out before we get to Lewis here. We'll let you get your things in, Lewis. A little shout out to Matty Ice for giving us a little over one and a half on Jabari Smith, where the market was going nuts at like plus 270, Matty. What a snipe. Look, I wasn't listening to the noise on Twitter or anything else like this. You just informed me that, you know, Woj tweeted that out and it kind of screwed everything up. But we were looking at this hours ago. I just asked Lewis, I said, Who do you think? And he he mentioned two guys that weren't named Jabari Smith, saw Jabari Smith over one and a half, basically giving him that he'd be the first pick plus 300. I said, Lou seems to like two other guys besides this. And I had heard a lot about Paolo myself. And I was like, I don't, I don't see how that guy's not going number one. So we, we locked in, threw it out to the group. And, and as soon as we did it, the line dropped about a hundred points. So it was pretty good. Kind of sniped that one. Great job, Lewis. <laughs> Fantastic time. Listen, my boy Paolo's wearing a purple suit with diamonds on it. All right. There's no way he does not go first. Okay. Uh, but before I saw the Woj bombs and everything like that, in my mind, watching college basketball, I thought it would be Paolo and Chet for the top two. Chet Holmgren, I'm speaking of. I thought they'd be the top two. And 
I kind of forgot all about Jabari Smith until draft talk started to come up and I saw Woja tweeting about it. So had to go with gut. Wild movement in this whole thing. I mean, Paolo was like 16 to one last week and now going number one overall. It's, it's absolutely insane. Uh, by the way, Warriors over the Celtics. Who would have thought? Cash that nice little ticket there. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> yeah, who would have thunk it? Curry gets yeah. it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm so shocked. Uh, I'm sure they'll already be, you know, favorites again next year as we go along. And they are right get- now. Oh, yeah. they are. So yeah. here's the thing. Not going to bet the Warriors. Somebody will inevitably get hurt in January, and then I'll hammer them, and, you know, we'll make more money. And they'll win it all. Sounds the good way to be. It's the, it's the yeah. formula. That's, that's, that's the formula at the end of the day. Um, before we get to the AFC West, though, Maddie, a little news and notes. A very, very kind of tough week for the NFL, losing uh, a couple of players for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, how about Tony Siragusa, one of our favorite guys, the Goose, um, but, uh, passing away at the age of 55 years old. Uh, what a great guy he was. Obviously, on that 2000 Ravens team, we remember him from Fox, you know, working those, working the sidelines there, just a larger-than-life personality. And then losing Jalen Ferguson on the day as well, who was a player for them. Just a tough day to be a Baltimore Ravens, you know, fan. And um, the Goose is always uh, one of the best characters ever from if you were an early 2000s fan of the NFL. So RIP to those guys. Yeah, very sad week for the NFL, like you said. Uh, you know, Goose is definitely someone I look back on in early days of watching football and, and always, you know, that that's the days of just watching the local games. That was just before I, I, I'm buying the red zone package and watching every game. Like, this is just watching CBS and Fox every week. And, I mean, f- the Goose was a staple, uh, a staple on Fox. So that was, that was very upsetting to hear. Yeah, tough. I mean, he was like – gave every deli owner in Jersey a <laughs> a uh, a – a thought and a dream that they could too play in the NFL. <laughs> Literally that, but rest in peace to Syracuse and rest in peace to Jalen Ferguson gone too soon. Let's get to a retirement. Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski retires um, out of kind of left field a little bit. I mean, I was a little shocked seeing that. I really did think he was going to come back to Tampa for one more ride. The fact that Tom had come back, but sounds like his body is telling him, you know, no, um, obviously Rosenhaus saying this week that Brady could call him back in the middle of the season. He may come back. Who knows? But uh, Rob Gronkowski retiring. So that begs the question, two-part question. One, how does that affect how you see the Buccaneers? And two, is Rob Gronkowski the best tight end of all time? Oh, come man, on he's... now. Okay, I'm going to give right. it to you. I'm oh, giving you the, the question because Lewis, <laughs> Lewis put me nah. my feet to the fire on Twitter the other day. Not nah, sorry. Uh, I, the Bucs, I don't think, I don't think it affects them too much, honestly. I mean, I think they have enough weapons and Brady's just another year comfortable in that system with, again, the same pieces outside of Gronkowski. So, uh, I don't have my doubts about them. Uh, as far as the greatest tight end of all time, I don't know. I'd have to dig into the numbers and look at some things. I don't know the stats, but off the top of my head, as you pose it to me, but again, guys like Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, some of these guys come to mind that hard to maybe just crown Gronk the the king, especially. I mean, did did he, he probably didn't play as long as those guys? Obviously, he came back for his extra two seasons that he got in here, but I know he didn't play nearly as long as them. 
No, he didn't. He he played, I think final total was 10 years. I know Gates played like 14 and Gonzalez, I think, played 16 for a really long time. But um, obviously pace wise, you know, he was up there. Right. And, and if you look at a case by case, year by year basis, Grok accomplished, you know, 100 yard seasons, 1000 yard seasons, 10 plus touchdown seasons, just as many as those guys and playing in a shorter amount of time, four-time first-team All-Pro. And the, 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 the difference for me is, you know, being a huge part of uh, having four Super Bowl rings, but being a huge part of three of those Super Bowls. I mean, that's a lot of Super Bowls, and I think that's got to count for something if you're going to pull people apart and nitpick. So that, that's what does it for me and, 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 and the idea. But I, I can't say, no, longevity-wise, he's not winning that argument. Well, you would take the Super Bowl stand. You're quite fond of them. I think I'll take the Super Bowls over the great career. But yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with it. As far as the Bucks, as far as the Bucks go, let me talk for a second. Um, I think it kind of does kind of play into it a little bit. They lost OJ Howard. Now it's just Cameron Bright there. Um, they were deeper at that position. And you know, Godwin is not gonna is probably gonna be on a PUP list to start the season off that torn ACL. There's going to be some navigation that they're going to have to get through in the first half of the season. I think that I think they were counting a little bit on Gronk, and you know, I don't know. I, I it gives me a little bit more reluctance to say Bucks are going to start off hot, and I really liked Brady for MVP. Now I'm not so sure because you know I don't want him to go off on this slower start now, where he's kind of relying on some of the receivers that you know let's say are a little less experienced. I love me some Mike Evans and I love me some Russell Gage, like no question about it, but you know, I, I do think in some ways it, 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 it messes with their depth a little bit. I would say that. Yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, like you said, that is you know, two guys at the tight end position, which again, Brady has kind of played in those two tight end sets for, for a little while now is when, when he has those guys. So, but again, a lot of off season left for them to, to maybe add some pieces to, in there. Nobody a little of Gronk, but he always works with what he has. I think so. They, they will find a way. Last thing here. Uh, how about Larry Ogunjobi? He's signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, coming off of the Cleveland Browns. Um, direct blow to the Browns. I didn't realize this. Ogunjobi at the defensive tackle position had seven sacks last year. Uh, that's a pretty good amount for a defensive tackle. You already add that to a really good front in the Steelers. I'm starting to like the Steelers more and more, Matt. I just really am. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of depth now in their defensive line, and obviously that's kind of the strength of their team and, and what got got them to where they were last year. And um, So now, I mean, all eyes in the quarterback situation in, in Pittsburgh and seeing, you know, you, you probably think that Mitch is going to get the year since they paid him quite a bit of money and he's probably going to get the start. But then you've got the very watchful eye on, on when's Kenny going to get the call if Mitch is, is, is dropping the ball while that defense is, is should be performing at top level in the league. I'm telling you that over seven and a half sounds better and better every time I see it. Every the shot, the shot of the division. Who knows? That's a tight. I think weird things have happened. Weird things have happened, no doubt. I mean, I'm, you got. I mean, if he if he can get the Bears with Nagy as his coach to the to the playoffs twice, I mean, I, I really feel good about. It. I know it's a tougher division, but I feel good about the Steelers. I really do. Um, then let's get into it, shall we? AFC West. Uh, this is without question AFC best, maybe even NFL best as far as divisions for, I think elite, and I'll put it in there, elite quarterbacks based on last year's numbers. 
uh, really, really good defenses, really, really good coaches. Um, I'm and and pass catchers galore. I mean, pass catchers galore. We're gonna get into that. There's got to be a deal between. We talked in the AFC South last week. We're like, there's not a single wide receiver in this league. This one, it was just, yeah, it, they're stacked, so stacked, and it's gonna be fun to break it down. So, uh, I guess I'll take the quarterbacks. You, I'll you take, take the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks. And you know, yeah, I think the margin of you know, talent and margin of, you know, positional rankings. I think it's like the spaces of your teeth. It's very, very close. I mean, we're cutting cloth with these guys. I mean, it's razor thin close on a lot of this. But in some ways, I am going to project for the season of 2022. So, Let's ride. I'm doing Russell Wilson number one on this list. Yes, sir. I'm doing Russell Wilson number one on this list. Let's shake it up. Let's get it going. 14 games he only played last year. And no, no. Did he put up the numbers? No, he only played in 14 games. I mean, come on. Like, you know, he's obviously not going to have the same numbers. But if you look at his numbers from last year, 25 touchdowns to just six interceptions, 65% completion percentage. He was still fifth in the league in yards per attempt. He was throwing the ball down the field. He had 103 passer rating. That was by far of all the quarterbacks in this division, by far the best, not even close. I mean, he was actually from quarterback play. Very, very good. And it is a projection for this year. I will say this, but in this new offense in the Nathaniel Hackett West coast offense, he won't nearly have to do as much as he once did. And I think he can just focus on read, react, getting the ball out quicker to those young receivers that are, I, I think are going to thrive in this offense. So that's me. I'm putting Russell Wilson, number one. Number two, obviously Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to go crazy here, but Patrick Mahomes, you know, obviously has the most talent of any of these guys. However, again, we have consistently seen Patrick Mahomes decline. Now his 2018 season is amazing and never going to be duplicated more than likely. But as great as he was in the second half of last year, he had a really bad AFC championship game. He had a really rough start to the season. The first seven games of the year, I mean, he was just throwing interceptions left and right. He still managed to get in the top five of passing yards and touchdowns. I mean, that's that's really, really impressive to me. Still at a 98.4 passer rating. Look, Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback in football. You can make an argument for that. There's no question. But as far as going into the 2022 NFL season, I want to see him do it without Tyreek Hill. I do. I want to see him do it with a lesser talent at the receiver position. Uh, is he benefited by the play schemer in Andy Reid or benefited by the explosion? Like, I want to see it. I want to see him be better and, and, and not necessarily rely on his arm so much. And look, his arm is great. There's no question. But I'm going to put him number two on this list because I do think he is special, special, special. But for 2022, I'll put Russell Wilson ahead of him. Herbert is my number three, obviously. Um, 5,000 yards, only two quarterbacks last year can say that. And the other one's name is Brady. Um, he was just electric. If I could put – if I could build a quarterback in a lap, it would be Justin Herbert. There's no question about that in my mind. I mean, big, physically talented, doesn't rely on his arm, like – throws the ball a country mile, doesn't get too high or too low, love him. But honestly, I do think you can make a and, – and Derek Carr is going to be number four on this list, but I think Derek Carr 
really could be special this year. I mean, this is the year for him to break out in, in under a coordinator or a new head coach that really, really knows what he's doing. I think Carr, with all the weapons that he has around him, I, I think the sky's the limit for him. I really, really like what Derek Carr is doing. I'm putting him number four, but it is, I mean, you could make an argument for Derek Carr to be as high as probably number two on this list. So that's mine. I'm going Russell Wilson to shake things up, Mahomes, Herbert, and Derek Carr. Oh, wow. Uh, I was going to say, even as I thought I was going to be the one showing the bias in the show, but apparently you're going to do it for me. So, I'm doing it uh, for you. yeah, I, I, before we get to that top of the list, I will say the bottom of the list, I agree. I mean, I think that was like, I have Derek Carr number four as well. I'm just going to go reverse order here because I want to talk on that first. Sure. Like, it feels so wrong to put him here, but, it, you know, because we we love to put respect on Derek Carr's name and we love to to love to build him up. But like in this division of quarterbacks, it's hard to find a spot for him anywhere else because you're basically him versus Herbert as, as the bottom two spots. And you have to believe in Herbert as a, as a third year quarterback that he has more potential for growth and to do things that we haven't seen him do before versus Carr is in his seventh, eighth season now. So, mm. you know, it's, it's hard to think, you know, is, is he going to have the Tannehill rise like this late into the career to make a big jump, uh, which again, we're going to see that's not even working out as much anymore. That might've been more of a flash in the pan season. Uh, but again, we love putting respect on Derek Carr's name. So it's a shame we have to put him forth. I do also, like I said, competing with Justin Herbert at three, all of the potential in the world, you know, you could argue that if you want to, uh, start a franchise for the next next 15 years. You'd want to take Justin Herbert over anybody else right now um, at, at his age and everything. But it, the status of the two guys who have done it ahead of him. And I, the guy right ahead of him at number two is Russell Wilson, because again, I'm still just, I understand your, your, your Prince of darkness take on Patrick Mahomes and him struggling. But um, I, I actually have heard a lot about again the chiefs this year without Tyreek Hill and him saying that, you know, again, obviously he's building up the guys on his team, but he's saying he's got – he likes that he has some bigger-bodied wide receivers now. He's got some big targets out there in, in, in Juju and MVS. These are bigger guys than who he's played with before. Obviously, they don't have that explosion, that that one-of-a-kind explosion that Tyreek Hill has. Uh, but, again, they've got Michael Harbin. They've been wanting to use him in a lot more ways now, so he can fill in in a lot of those gaps. So, uh, as far as the weaponry around Mahomes, I'm not too worried about that and his decline. Um, I think last season it's probably good for him. Uh, I think that that first part of the season was a really good learning experience for him to not just rely on everything. Uh, so Russell Wilson, I'm super excited for him in this offense, obviously has a great young talent of wide receivers around him, but it is his first year on the offense. His first year on a team that's not named the Seattle Seahawks. So I can't quite put him number one over the man who has just made AFC championship after AFC championship. See, like, and that's the whole thing is like, people will make that argument of it's his first year. Right. Mm. Well, I mean, the last two seasons, the first year guys are, are winning Super Bowls on their right. teams, you know. So it's like to me, I have no problem putting Russell Wilson where I'm putting him. I really believe in the core of that offense structured around Russell Wilson. He's the perfect guy to run it. I mean, he he could run that as like Joe Montana back in the day where Nathaniel Hackett's father was coaching Joe Montana. I mean, that's literally, it, it looks like that to me a lot. I love your point about Herbert and saying, look, if he, if the next 15 years, like he could be the guy, I completely agree with you. I mean, if you look at, if you look at Herbert, I mean, maybe Burrow would be the other guy right. too. Obviously we'd have in that conversation, but you know, with Herbert, again, it's the intangibles are all there. Here's the one thing I need from Herbert this year you got to win. Now you have the team around you. You have the defensive pieces. You have the offensive pieces. You have everything you need at your disposal. 
you got to win in the big stage in a big game. You can't lose to the Raiders in that game. You can't lose to the Chiefs on a Thursday night and, and when you really should have won that game last year. I mean, you have to get it done and get to the playoffs this year. It has to be done. Mahomes, I understand the struggles and maybe he'll be better. Here's a weird stat. Of all these four quarterbacks, Mahomes has the lowest yards per attempt last year of all of them, which is crazy because you think explosive plays, Kansas City Chiefs. He's 7.4, Herbert 7.5, Carr 7.7, and Russell Wilson 7.8. I mean, it's that's very interesting to me. So will there be less ex- maybe downfield passing them? I don't know. What do you think about uh, the Chiefs' heavy uses of tap passes? I think I that, that might I think that skew that might skew that number. I don't know Maybe. if that's registered in yards per attempt, but that would be interesting to think because it is uh, it's an attempt to pass and he yeah. gets the yards for it. So I I wonder if you take out all tap passes from everybody, I would I that might skew those numbers a little bit. Yeah, tap passes, shuffle passes, they do do a lot of that stuff on the especially but most of it's on the goal line. So I'm 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 not like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just expected more from that and and didn't see it. So I was surprised by that number, but I mean, look, again, I'm not going to argue with anything. I know what I'm doing is controversial, but that's why we do it. Right. I mean, we got it. We got to stir the pot. Sometimes I believe in what I say. It's just like, let's see it happen. I love what Denver is going to going to have this year, man. Even, even if you think they're second, I think you're number one. <laughs> it's nice. I actually, I, no, I was just saying it's nice. When, I hate when everybody else wants to hype your team up and then the buildup, it just, it drives me nuts. Cause now I feel like, well, we should win it all. And sure, you know, that just happened to me in hockey season. So it hasn't gone too well. Right. We're rest in peace. Blue shirts there on that. Uh, probably rest in peace. Lightning after the other night with Colorado. Um, let's get to running backs. Let's let's let you take it first. Go for it. This was a, also a very hard one to do because it seemed to me like, yeah, there's solid running backs. Every every team has at least one or maybe two. Maybe it's just it, you're nitpicking again on these. but. These are, this is not really the high commodity level uh, group of this division, I would say. No, I, I would say not. But, um, well, so you took the bias in the first one. I am going to put Denver Broncos at number one in the running back position, position here. I think that they have uh, two very solid and capable running backs that, you know, can compete as number ones on, on other teams. Javante Williams just burst in on the scene last year. I mean, that man is an actual human bulldozer. The way he, he runs just as hard as anybody else in the league. I mean, he's got some real, real potential, I think, to just be uh, to be an amazing running back. And then you've got Melvin Gordon still getting the job done back there. I mean, he, he's very capable in, in, in spelling him when he's uh, – but, again, I think Javante is the number one at this point as far as, as, far as most just hard yards earned. I, you know, I, th- I believe he was – probably him or Derrick Henry. Well, Derrick Henry missed a lot of season. I believe he led the league in yards after contact. I mean, he's just that kind of runner. Um, number two, I put the Chargers here. And I put the Chargers here, I think, mostly because I think Austin Eckler is the best running back in this division. Obviously, I mean, what he does in the passing game is is absolutely insane. It feels wrong almost counting him in this running back category. Felt like he should be in the pass-catching category uh, for the Chargers here. But uh, you know, Isaiah Spiller behind him and Joshua Kelly are two guys that are that are capable in that room. But again, I think they get the edge in this number two spot because I think Eckler is just the best overall uh, running back in this division. Number three here, uh, we go with a team that's kind of got a little bit of a, a three-headed monster here. Not so much more of a two-headed monster, but Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, 
uh, and Brandon Bolden uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. I know you're going to laugh at the Brandon Bolden three-headed <laughs> back, but I, you know, I think, I think he can still get the job that he's very useful. Uh, you know, I guess the special teams more so, but he's a solid back. I, everybody, I feel like always wants to make a case for Josh Jacobs every year. I think he's good. I don't think he's spectacular. I think he's a volume runner. I think that's where he gets a lot of, you know, the fantasy community shots mounted. He gets a lot of from that. And then Kenyon Drake has kind of just bounced from team to team as being a, a speed back that's now getting older and losing some of his speed and his explosiveness. Mm. So Kenyon Drake. And then Kansas City's last year, because again, I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is in for a better sophomore season, but his inability to get into the end zone last year was kind of a big deal. I don't think he scored his first touchdown or he scored like the first week and then he went dry for like six weeks after that. Uh, and then they bring in Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay who lost his job to Leonard Fournette, an aging running back as well. So Ronald Jones is, is a name. I feel like that that's supposed to intrigue you, but I don't think he's doing too much. For me. So I got Kansas city last year in the running back spot, but that's the story with them is, you, you know, kind of plug and play the running backs. I mean, uh, playoff Damian from a few years ago in Super Bowl season. Damian Williams comes in there. So um, anybody can play for the Kansas City Chiefs at running back. Well, this is great because we have a mind mouth. This is the same exact order I have it. Absolutely. I, I love this 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 uh, order you put it in. I, 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 you took it away with Denver. Did you realize that Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon both had 900 yards rushing last year? Both of them? I mean, name another backfield that has that. A team that did not want to throw the football. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. When you have Drew Locke back there, I bet you're going to run both of them for 900 yards. But, I mean, they did great. I mean, they ran for 900 yards apiece and had 12 touchdowns combined. Austin Eckler had 900 yards and had 12 touchdowns by himself. Um, but here's the thing. I'd rather have the depth. Um, and I think Javante Williams, I mean – like you said, he he bounces out of his shoes. I mean, he can break tackles like nobody's business. I love that. Gordon's a perfect situation for Gordon is that his legs can always stay fresh with Javante Williams there with him taking taking a bulk of the load. But he that's what makes him so special and dangerous is like Melvin Gordon has the ability to to rest his legs up and be able to use that ability that he had back when he was with the Chargers and he scores touchdowns. Um, the Chargers, like you said, are second. Eckler um, is the best running back in this, but can he stay healthy? I'm, I, I'm all here. I'm hearing in the fantasy community is that you got to take Austin Eckler more early rather than late. I mean, like that's all I'm hearing about because behind him, I loved Isaiah Spiller in college at a and uh, He's a very explosive. He's going to be a good player. Kelly got a lot of time. Larry Roundtree got a lot of time last year playing, obviously, with Eckler Hurt. Um, but can he stay healthy? That's the question. I'm hearing two names. I'm hearing Eckler. I'm hearing Najee Harris. Those are my two names. You got to take them early rather than late. You know, maybe even middle of the first round. I'm like, okay. Um, but Eckler, I, think, Eckler, I agree 100%. I thought Eckler yes. was like fourth best running back last year. Yeah, he, he was a good player. Um, the Raiders, you know, it was hard for me to put the Raiders up here, but I think the reason being Jacobs is still serviceable. I, I agree with you. I think he's a serviceable RB one. That's not going to, you know, blow you away. He's not going to rush for 1500 yards. I mean, who is, but you know, he's a good player. I mean, are they going to use Kenyon Drake this year? Like, I feel like he didn't even get used last year and maybe McDaniels will, will have a different plan for him, but I don't know. Like I, I expected more from him and I was very disappointed. 
Um, Brandon Bolin's the old man. He'll come in every once in a while and make a big time first down catch for like 20 yards randomly. So that's, he knows how to use him. And then they drafted Zamir white out of Georgia, who I, I think could be a good power back. That's, that's a good solid guy to back there. Kansas city. I agree. Edward Hilaire, weird backfield here. I mean, if Edward Hilaire goes down, they're screwed. I mean, Ronald Jones ain't carrying a backfield. McKinnon may not even make this roster. I mean, he's 30 I, years old. I didn't even factor him in. That's just yeah. weird. I do like one of the rookies they got. They drafted seventh round pick Isaiah Pacheco out of Rutgers that I do like. He's a little bit of a scat back. Uh, I, I kind of like him as kind of another little gadget. But yeah, I mean, it's not a very deep running back class. So I agree with you. Same thing. Yeah, no, that's great. I might note there. Excellent. That's a good way to start. Okay. Let's get down in the in the muck here. Let's let's talk some ballers, okay? Let's talk about these pass catchers, my friend, because this is it. By the way, Lewis is getting up and waving the whole chat because the Knicks are about to pick, and the pick is in, and he's probably sweating. So we'll leave him alone for a second here. I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm losing but it. I'm losing it. He's losing I'm, it right I'm, now. He's losing it. Um, pass catchers, let's get into it. Uh, I'll start. I think you know exactly where I'm going because I've been hyping this team up. Uh, it's clearly the Vegas Raiders. I mean, I just, I can't, I mean, I don't know what else to say. You've got the best pure receiver in football, Devontae Adams. You've got probably the best slot receiver right now in the game in Hunter Renfro at a thousand yards last year. You add on Demarcus Robinson as a nice number three, Keelan Cole, a shorthanded number four. And then you have either maybe a top two tight end in the league in Darren Waller. Uh, not only him, but now you have Foster Moreau. You've got Jacob Hollister backing him up. You've got a lot of pieces at tight end. You've got a lot of pieces at wide receiver. Um, it, it's just a it's just a lot of pieces around uh, Derek Carr that I think could definitely, definitely propel this offense to be one of the best in football. I really like them a lot. Chargers are my number two. You had, I mean, we left Mike Williams for dead last year. He showed up last year. He balled out. There's no question about that. Uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen right there. After that, Josh Palmer, I think, had a good rookie year. Jalen Guyton's an over-the-top guy that's going to give you some, some uh, ability to take the top off the, off the offense, off the defense, rather. I'm not crazy about Gerald Everett, a little older. Parham, another guy that played a little bit last year, too, and contributed in the red zone. But I think they're really, really solid there. You're gonna, I'm, you may not like this, but I'm going Kansas City number three. And I, I don't I don't love this, but you know, Kelsey is what does this for me. Kelsey's what does this for me. He's still one of the he's still, you know, at the top of the tight end list here. Um, Juju, again, serviceable guy, MVS, speed, not explosion, but size and speed matters. And Miko Hardman as well. We know about his athletic ability. And I know it's gonna irk the crap out of you. Um I, I just got to see more from, from the Broncos. I mean, I like, I like Judy. I like Sutton. I like Patrick. I like, I, I mean, Hamler, I really haven't seen him really come on the scene yet, but I, I want to see these guys actually stay on the field and, and explode and, and make plays like Jerry Judy to me should be, you know, one of the best receivers in football. He really should be. And, and, and I like Albert O as their tight end. And I even like the kid Dulcich that they drafted there. So um, that's where I'm at. Denver, it, it's controversial. I, I do want to see some more. I think that those other receivers in Kansas City are comparable to what these guys do. I, 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 need, I need Denver to step up this year. 
I'm so sorry. I did get distracted because I was watching Lou wait for the pick and we picked some oh, guy. I know. The Knicks picked a guy from France and I'm like, I don't know if this is good or really bad <laughs> that they are taking OKC. Hated him. He's going right to OKC. Oh, he's going for, to OKC. Okay. For a plethora of first rounders. We'll we'll take it. It's oh, great. Okay. okay. All That's right. Fine. They're doing super smart. I just saw them taking somebody from France. <laughs> I'm did like, too. yeah, yeah, this ain't good. I had <laughs> I did too. Frank Nidalakina is just yeah, in my mind. Oh Not my, again, why? please. They're obsessed with drafting Europeans. It, it, it's like Phil Jackson's still there. It's, it, I'm sorry. Go on. I'm sorry. That's okay, incredible. yeah, back to the pass catchers. That was, that was good. That's No, it was amazing because I'm watching Lou while I'm doing this. I'm like, should I stop? Like, should I just wait? Like, I don't know. It was amazing. That was amazing. All right. So bef- I'll start at the top of my list before we get crazy with you because that's uh, – that's the – I. That's the craziest thing you've said in divisional breakdowns. Okay. Uh, right. My bias is showing. That's the craziest thing you've said in divisional breakdowns. Okay. Um, Las Vegas is number one, 100%. They have mm. the number one wide receiver in the league in Devontae Adams. They have a guy who just got the bag in Hunter Renfro with the old man dad swag. Uh, and then, again, they have a guy at tight end that you can argue is is you know a, a mismatch. You, you'd still have Kelsey there, I guess, but it's – Waller and Kelsey are one and two as far as best tight ends in the league go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a mismatch nightmare. Like you said, Demarcus Robinson, speed guy that comes right across the division from Kansas City. So, I have Denver number two because they have okay. an elite route runner in Jerry Judy, who is very good. Cortland, Cortland Sutton is stepping, is ready this year. I think he is going to be massive with Russell Wilson. I mean, he is a DK Metcalf body type. He can't probably run as fast as DK, but I think he might have better hands than I'm in. No, I, I just think Tim Patrick here is, is lost in the dust. I think Tim Patrick doesn't get talked about enough because he's got the most boring name in football, t- two first names that are both not very good. But he's a playmaker when he gets the ball in his hands. And then again, Larry, very underrated. Exactly. And Larry O, I think, is just about as capable as Noah Fant. Noah Fant was much bigger and probably again, also faster. But I think Larry O is a solid option. And I think that as far as – three best wide receivers only not taking tight ends in this. I would put Denver probably still two behind, uh, behind the chargers, but or behind the Raiders, but I have the chargers number three, because again, you've got the veteran Keenan Allen, the again, slick route runner, very, very good, reliable hands uh, in Keenan Allen, Mike Williams bursted onto the scene last year. You do always have more bias to guys that have a rookie wide receiver, uh, which I've noticed just because you watch a lot more of them. And I just, Again, Jalen Guyton, I, I remember reading a little bit about him, but not necessarily up to date on his tape. Uh, Josh Palmer is a guy. I think Josh Palmer is a sneaky guy in fantasy. If, if you can take a late round yes. flyer, uh, you, you get a Keenan Allen or Mike Williams takes an injury. I think Josh Palmer, uh, very much ready. But Kansas City, as much as I was just trying to defend them for Patrick Mahomes' sake, I mean, MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, you're going to put those guys over Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. I get you said Travis Kelsey, but that's crazy. I mean, what are Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick? Like, what are they really? Like, Jerry Judy's been in this league two years and has one fifth, like, has a fifty-yard catch season. I mean, you know, you, I know they haven't. I know they haven't. I say you want to judge quarterback. them off of the quarterbacks that he's been playing. I, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be judging them with the quarterback, obviously, but. You know, you 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 got to play. Like this is this is the NFL, man. We're con- we're not comparing quarterbacks. We're playing pa- pass catchers. Look, like you are where you are. I mean, Terry McLaurin doesn't make any any excuses, and that dude is balling out. 
and he is. It had Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke thrown at him. I mean, those guys are both better than Drew Locke. Okay, but how much better are those guys than Drew Locke? Like, are they and, are they and, are they astronomically better than Drew Locke? And like, Teddy throws Teddy throws it two yards. That's about it. Oh, okay. I love Tim Pat. Like, I love these receivers. I think they're projected to be really good. But again, I'm waiting. I still haven't seen. I mean, Corlton Sutton had an amazing 2019. Where has he been? Like, he's been injured. Where I mean, I, 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 I and, work, and you're giving me Kelsey and 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 at least I mean. Look, Juju is what Juju is. I know we don't like him off the field, but he's a decent receiver. Like, I think him and Judy are very comparable. I think they really are. At this point in their careers, at this point in their careers, we have not seen Judy explode onto the scene. Sorry, we just haven't. I just think you're speaking out of two sides of your mouth. If you're projecting Whoa. Russell Wilson to be number one in the quarterbacks, but then he's going to do it without these pass catchers, you know, who clearly, you're, project- who clearly, who clearly you're projecting to get better with Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson will make him better. Mm, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's move on before somebody has an aneurysm. All right. I've, I, I pushed the button too far. Here we go. Defense. To me, uh, I think you got two teams at the top here. I think it's clear the two teams at the top. It's your preference. I think Denver and the Chargers right there, I think you could interchange them. What the Chargers have addressed most of their needs they were a horrible run defense last year. Denver had a lot of really good stats in terms of, you know, third down defense was really good. Like yards per attempt was really, like their secondary is super elite. Like I really, really like it a lot. Um, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I agree with you. Those are the top two teams for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have Denver number one. Okay. I, I think that, Again, <laughs> I just sound like a <laughs> no freaking, kidding. I sound like a freaking broken record, huh? Uh, you just you stole the show. You make you make me feel like I put Denver number one in the quarterback spot with that madness that you did. So now I feel like I feel like Denver's just been number one this whole division now for me, and I feel I'm out of sorts. Um, but again, I, I I think this one was so close. I, I took your advice that you said last week. How you, when it's really tight, you're breaking down defensive line linebackers. Yeah and secondary kind of, you know, safeties and corners. So, uh, and for me, I, I think that in two spots that Denver came up number one, and that's the linebacking spot, because again, their pass yeah. rushers are outside line, you know, because, because Chubb is Chubb and Gregory are both in the linebackers, but I guess they're pass rushers, but I mean, they are kind of, you know, playing that role again, it's I'm going by positional name. So, um, and, and then they have, um, I'm sorry, Josie Jewell, uh, who had a, had a good year last year. And I think he's, he can definitely, um, be that kind of main, that middle uh, linebacker for them, getting a lot of tackles, wrapping up a lot of tackles and, and playing really well. And then again, I think their secondary, I think is, is top notch as far as, you know, Sertan really played well last year. And I think he's able to step up and play a little more Ronald Darby, uh, Kareem Jackson and, 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 and Justin Simmons, as far as, you know, they have two amazing safeties in the back end. So mm-hmm. them having number one in those two spots for me, I think put them ahead the chargers are number two, because again, I think their pass rush now is, is terrifying. And I do like what they've tried to add uh, for their run defense. Cause that was, it was the craziest thing they could throw and they could be scoring at pace, but then teams would just run it up the gut on them on a, a, a you know, seven minute drive down the field and get a touchdown. So they definitely need those players to step up and, and, and fill in those spots there. Uh, number three, I have the Vegas Raiders because again, can't, 
Kansas City, as much as they added this offseason, um, they invested a ton in the draft and, and outside of that into their defense. It, you still have to see it come together. Uh, you know, Spagnuolo usually is one of those guys that the first half of the year might not have it down, but figures out his team and what they're good at. And by the second half and come to playoffs, they're ready to roll. But Vegas is defensive line and their pass rush. I mean, if you've got Max mm. Crosby on one end and, and then Chandler Jones on the other, they could be getting really after some guys, but the secondary for them puts them definitely below those top two teams. Yep. And again, Kansas city in the last spot, because uh, like Frank Clark uh, and, and again, they add, they add Clowney and it's like, is he going to fill in that need that they have for them? Uh, or sorry, they didn't add Clowney. I'm thinking of that was last year during the playoff when they added uh, mm-hmm. Melvin Ingram. I apologize. Uh but I like that the guys that they have on that defense a little bit, but you still got to see it come together. And I just think they're a notch behind. So again, super tight division feels weird putting anybody fourth, but uh, that's where I got. Yeah. Every each team has talent. I think you could definitely say that, especially on the defensive line. Again, this every team in this division is just so loaded with pass rushers. It's crazy. I mean, uh, you know, Frank Clark, and now they add Carl Loftus. I also have the Chiefs at number four, like you said. Um, I think Spagnola is a wizard. They play more team defense. Um, I actually like some of their pieces in the linebacker spot. I like Willie Gay. I love Nick Bolton. Remember the name Nick Bolton? I think he, he's just a guy that that has a nose for the football, really good. He played at Missouri, was, was very, very good there, and has, has really translated to this team really, really well. Plus, they drafted a kid out of Wisconsin, Leo Chanel, that is a bigger linebacker and, and really hits and thumps. I like that. I like their addition of Justin Reed too, the safety uh, out of Houston. The the Texans comes over to replace Tyron Matthew. That's a huge deal for them. Like really, really smart player, really underrated player in the league. Um, so they've got pieces, Chris Jones, as we know, but again, they're not super, super deep. So I do agree with you on that. I do have the Raiders number three, but I think they can project to be even higher than that because like, not only do they add Chandler Jones, but you're their um, linebacking crew is, is, is really like much better. It's Jayon Brown from Titans. It's Denzel Perriman. Um, They also added Bilal Nichols on the defensive end uh, spot, who was a really good serviceable player for the bears last year. I mean, I think that that's a really good ad. I think Rocky sin that they traded in Gakway for to the Colts. He comes over to play corner, and I think he'll be much better as a man corner. I never liked him in the Colts because he was not his own corner. He was a man corner coming out of college at Temple. He'll be a lot better. Um, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with it. What are they going to do with Jonathan Abrams? I mean, what are they going to do with this guy? I mean, can they play him? Just I would play Jonathan Abrams in run situations. Let him be a box safety. Put Duron Harmon back there as your regular free safety to play next to Mooring. Like, Abram can't play, can't cover. He just can't cover. Let him play linebacker, you know, like that's what I would do with him. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. I have the Broncos number two. It was really close. It was really, really close. Um, what I love about the Broncos, obviously, Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb is a scary combination. Very scary combination. Um, losing Shelby Harris, I think, will be a little bit tough for them in the beginning to replace. I like DJ Jones. I like Deshaun Williams. Um, they have some guys behind that that they can work with. I love the kid out of Oklahoma that they drafted, Nick Benito. He's a really strong, can really bend around the edge. 
that's another kid that you might watch out for for your team and be like, hey, that, that kid can really, really play ball and, and get after the quarterback. So I really like him a lot. But you're right. Their strength is really in their secondary. I mean, Justin Simmons, Pat Sertan, Ronald Darby, um, Kareem Jackson, Kwan Williams comes over from San Francisco to play the nickel back. I mean, they've even got some guys like Caden Stearns backing up Simmons that I really, really like. Same similar play style. Um, I like this team. I do question the linebacking core a little bit. I think Josie Jewell had a pretty good year. Alex Singleton, I like. Um, but again, is it better than what the Chargers have? And the Chargers with Kenneth Murray and Drew Tranquil, who will play the linebackers role for them, I think are just a little bit, a tick better than those linebackers. I like Kenneth Murray a lot. He's really, really fast and athletic, and Tranquil's going to have to learn to be instinctual. But when you have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on, on your team, and you have a guy like Jerry Tillery, um, you also add Sebastian Joseph Day to the defensive line, um, you know, there's just so much here. There's so much uh, backing up Chris Covington on the defensive line too. Morgan Fox. These are all guys that are veteran, really solid veterans that are backing them up. I think, I think the chargers have better depth on the defensive line than the Broncos do. Um, it's a matter of Khalil Mack can have his day. Now you look at the, I mean, look at the chargers secondary and it might be just as good as the Broncos with JC Jackson and then Asante Samuel Jr., who had a pretty good year last year um, for as a rookie. I mean, those are two solid corners. They also steal Bryce Callahan away from the Broncos. And that has added some depth to them as well. So I really like that as well. Can Derwin James stay on the field? That's a huge question mark for me. I mean, he's just as good as Justin Simmons, but can he stay on the field? I would have Simmons a tick higher than him because availability. I mean, I really believe that. So, you know. I love Derwin James. He's an excellent player. So I'm going to put the Chargers just slightly ahead of the Broncos. And on top of that, their coach is a defensive-minded coach. Losing Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is a genius defensively. He's not a great head coach, but defensive coordinator-wise, he's a genius. There's no question about that. Is this new guy going to come in and be as effective? I wonder with this defense. So I'm going Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs. That's your that's your prerogative. I was going to say I, I did fail to mention I didn't even you know the Durbin James point. I was thinking the same thing. It's like he is such a you know versatile and we one of the, one of the most versatile defensive players in the NFL. But he's never on the field. But he's so I mean he he can play every he's so rangy. He's he's at the he's around the ball every time it's in mm-hmm. in, in the field of play. So uh, that is that is a make or break part for them. And uh, but man, yeah, I, I I could see where you have them as far as those two guys on the edge just coming. I mean, who do you who do you double team? Who do you, what do, who you do, do? Take, who do you take priority over between Bosa and Mac? I mean, good God! And, and you have two guys that are completely different skill sets. Mm-hmm. Like Bosa is long and will use a lot of counter moves and and spin moves and and do those things. Uses length and athleticism. Mac is just a he's a truck. He's just going to bull rush you. And, and he's so hard to stop. He just forklifts guys. He's so strong. So that's a really hard combination. Bosa and Khalil Mack, man, oh, man, that's tough. Um, and let's finish up with coaching. Let's get to it. I think we know where we're I, – I think we know what we're going to do. I think you could make an argument, maybe, but we won't do it. I'll just lay it out here. I'm going to read McDaniels, Staley, Hackett, 
That's the way I'm going. I love Nathaniel Hackett as a, as he's been a great coordinator. Aaron Rodgers has said he's his favorite coach he's ever worked with. So I think that's why it's really going to work out for them in Denver. I just haven't seen him do it. I put Staley in there at three. I, I do like him as a coach. He's got to work obviously on his time management and some of the decision makings that he made last year was, was not the best. I think McDaniels is so ready though. I mean, I think he's so, so ready to be a head coach. And then, but the coaches with him, Patrick Graham to be the defensive coordinator, like uh, really good young coaches that are really sought after by a lot of the league. He's so ready to do it. In fact, I think he's a better quote unquote play caller than Andy Reid is, but I think Andy Reid is the better play schemer and designer. And obviously with the Super Bowl ring and, and, you know, as a head coach, I do think though McDaniels is nipping at his heels. It's, it's, it's much closer than you think. I do have a differentiation here, but I don't know if it's the one you're thinking. I, I, I have, I do have Reed at the top. I think it's the way you go. I have the Chargers in number two. Again, I, I, oh. I just think, I, I think with Staley, I really like you know Staley kind of you know take a charge of the defense. You've got Joe Lombardi running that offense after all those you know the years that he he spent with the Saints, um, and I think he did a really good job. And he's he's working in the system. He did a lot for Austin Eckler last year, and I think he's able to. And obviously, Mike Williams had a breakout year last year underneath him, so. Uh, building this young offense up with Herbert. Uh, I think it's Staley running that defense. McDaniels, I just, I think I have him third out of just his, his head coaching history. Again, great offensive coordinator. He's shown it, but in and out the door, in and out the door in Indianapolis and, and you know, not so fantastic when he was with the Fair. Broncos. Um, so I, I do have them, uh, them third. And then again, Hackett with just a whole new, whole new plethora of coaches. You got to put them fourth because it's kind of, they're all, all their first chances in this the spots they're in you know we've got a very first year head coach first year offensive coordinator so uh gotta put them forth but yeah i i do have staley and i think that that chargers coaching room i, I kind of like all the pieces together yeah no doubt i mean I, I like the pieces together too with them it's just i mean with mcdaniels he's just so the level of experience and and hackett too i mean hackett's been in this league forever yeah. But McDaniel's a level of experience who he has been coaching under. I mean, like Patrick Graham is cut from the same cloth. Um, Mick Lombardi, Dave Ziegler, that whole group is just, it's Patriots all over the place. I think it's going to change the way the Raiders run their entire organization. So uh, fascinating that you do Staley. I think Staley is in line. What a great group of coaches though. What a great yeah. group of coaches. I mean, talk about, I mean, I, and Hackett too. I mean, I really want to see who's running that defense. I think it's that guy Ivero, whatever his name is, that that's running the defense for the for the Broncos this year. I have no idea who he is. So I, uh, we'll see. You know, but yeah, great group of coaches. Yeah, again, I mean, if we had to take again, quarterbacks, pass catchers, and coaches in this division, I mean, one one to four uh, again. The the four mm. spots that we put those guys in w- would be very high up in a lot of other divisions. Yes, absolutely. Maybe at the end of all these positional rankings, maybe we just do a top four AFC and NFC at the end of it, you know? Yeah. Okay. 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 Let's let's put that down on the docket. Top four AFC, top four NFC in each position right at the end. You better not have anybody that you have underneath above. It's going to – I'm telling you. I'm keeping the records. I got it all on paper, baby. It's all on paper. Put it in the books. I love that. All right. That's it. Hey, guess what? AFC's over, baby. 
it's time for the NFC. Let's go. Hop right into the <sighs> same way we did last time. NFC East always a very fun and exciting division to talk about. Uh, never in doubt. So uh, I did already get, I've already gotten ahead a little bit on, on my prep for those divisions. So I, I think I'm, uh, I'm looking ahead here and I'm, I'm seeing where, how low can I put Saquon Barkley in the running back rankings? Oh, oh, oh. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the fact that we got to talk about Carson Wentz versus Jalen Hurts and <laughs> yeah. all that conversation and Dak yeah. Prescott and Daniel Jones. I mean, this might be the most contentious quarterback argument that we have had in a long-ass time, man. I can see that. I definitely can see that. God almighty. Holy cow. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. That is going to do it. Um, Maddie, we will see you next week, my friend. Godspeed. Uh, enjoy the rest of the Stanley Cup finals and the avalanche kicking the crap out of the lightning, um, which is it's crazy to me that the lightning are getting outskated like this. I have never seen them get this outplayed. Yeah, again, I think I think they're almost running into a little bit what the Rangers ran into playing the Lightning is that they've now played a lot of games. Like, it's kind of catching up to them. But Colorado's been taking care of everybody in four or five games. Like, they're pretty well rested. And, uh, I mean, they're also just such a fast team. I think Colorado, what their defense is able to bring to their offense. I mean, they've got six defenders that are more than – they're all capable of, of hopping into the rush. And when they get set up in the offensive zone, it's – their position it, – it's it's – positionless you know you say positionless defense in football they play positionless hockey the, the, the amount that they could just flow and pick their spots wherever they need to be and, and know where they need to be playing on all different spots below the net on the wall up at the point I mean what their defense brings to them is just unbelievable but yeah obviously we are rooting for them after knocking out the blue shirt so go Lanch the Lanch which I've never heard of. shout out to our friend Chris Kutso God, go Lanch Nobody calls them that. Nobody I, calls them the Lanch. It's the abs. It's it's incredible. I, I we can't get into discussion about him. Can't get into discussion about him. By the way, enjoy the travelers this weekend too on Sunday. It's a great time. Yes, the great Hartford Open. I've been 28 mm-hmm. years in Connecticut. I've never been to uh, a Travelers Championship, so I'm making my way up there Sunday. That'll be that'll be a great time. I got Rory, Xander, Sam Burns, Speed Shot plus five today. That's out. Charles Howell, a hundred to one is at minus six. Two shots off the lead after a day. Feel good about that one. I've been I've been riding the Sam Burns train. I like to pick a golfer and basically just bet them every tournament until I feel like they're going to come through because he's been playing so good. I feel like he's ready to break through. So I haven't put anything yet for this. I'm kind of waiting to see who's there on Sunday because then I'm just gonna I'm gonna maybe get some stuff in right before I head up. See, look at the leaderboard and maybe maybe pick someone like four or five shots back and uh, you know cheer him on as I'm there. Oh, what's better than having a guy and following him around all day? I mean, just hyped up every time he hits a shot. That's oh, that's exciting stuff. Gotta love it. In person <laughs> gambling, folks, it's fantastic. <laughs> Enjoy, my friend Lewis. Godspeed. I don't know what the Knicks have done, but I hope they do something right one of these years. We got more picks, buddy. That's that's better than drafting the wrong guy in my book. So that's all. For I For the future. Yeah. Let's go DeJounte Murray. Bring him home. <laughs> it's a wish and a prayer. Flying for the future for the last 20 years. Go Knicks. Love it. Uh, that's going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. For Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silver, and for our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone, I am Dan Zampano. We thank you for listening to the Sunday Card.
The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.